This is Father's Day. But my message today isn't just for fathers. It's for all of us. Because this morning we're going to be talking about being faithful to our commitments. None of us lives in isolation. What we say and do has a tremendous impact on the people around us. Our commitment to them means that we will not embrace the lie our culture feeds us, that happiness should be our God, and that we should go wherever that leads us, even if it means compromising the commitments we have made. Commitment helps us stay the course. It is the glue which cements our lives together and forms the material of the legacy that we are writing into the lives of the people who matter most to us. A photographer for a national magazine was assigned to uh, get photos of a great forest fire. Uh, smoke at the scene hampered him, and he frantically called his home office, asking that they hire a plane for him. He was assured that there would be a plane waiting for him on the runway. Well, he, as he arrived at the small rural airport, there was a plane warmed up off to the side of the runway, so he jumped in with his equipment and he yelled, Let's go! Let's go! Pilot moved the plane into the wind, took off, and within minutes or moments, they were up in the air. Fly over the north side of the fire and sweep low two or three times, the photographer said. Why? the pilot asked. Because I need to take some pictures, the photographer said, and then angry that the pilot would even ask him, he said, I'm a photographer, and photographers take pictures. Well, there was a long silence. And then the pilot said, you mean you're not the instructor? <laughs> to have an instructor, doesn't it? And the Apostle Paul is one of those instructors for us. And this morning I want to look at three things about his life that really powered him up so that he was able to be faithful to his commitments. I want to, be, I want to look at the fact that he had the right attitude. He had an abiding relationship with Jesus and he was focused on the right action. First, we will be faithful to our commitments when we maintain the right attitude, humility. Rick Warren, author of The Purpose Driven Life, was once asked in an interview what the most important characteristic of a leader is. His answer, without hesitation, was humility, because a humble person has a teachable spirit. They are willing to make changes in their life when they realize that they've been going in the wrong direction and when they've been doing the wrong things. Well, Paul had a teachable spirit, Earlier in his life, Paul was known by the Jewish name Saul. He was one of the most celebrated religious leaders of his time because of the way he tracked down and persecuted Christians in the early church. But then he met Jesus, and he realized that he'd been doing the wrong things. So he changed his course. Instead of being a persecutor of Christians, he became an evangelist, leading people to faith in Jesus Christ. Paul had a teachable spirit. Now, several years ago, when one of my daughters was nearly four years old, we were at church. My wife had left uh, with my other daughter, so I was there at church trying to get out of there as well. I was impatient. I was a little bit irritable. And, uh, and I think I said something that reflected all that. <laughs> so my daughter looked up at, at me, and with her nearly four-year-old voice, she said, Daddy, you hurt my feelings. Well, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
uh, because I didn't really take her seriously. And I think I let my inside voice become my outside voice. And I kind of laughed, and I think I said something like, feelings, you're, you're not even four years old yet. You don't have feelings. <laughs> well, that did it. <laughs> she burst into tears. And I got it. Four-year-olds have feelings. It's uh, nearly 34-year-olds who uh, didn't have the feeling, at least in my case, that didn't have the feeling uh, on that day. Now, I wish I could tell you uh, that that was the only time that I had blown it. But there are times in my life when I felt like my parenting license should be revoked and my marriage license suspended. <laughs> times when, um, you know, I'd failed my family or I'd forgotten to follow through on something I said I would do or I just wasn't paying attention to them when they needed me. See, we tend to remember our failures more than our successes because the guilt and the shame we feel for them is so real. So we end up reliving some of our worst moments over and over again. We feel regret, we feel remorse, and there's nothing we can do to undo that. You may have felt some of that as you were watching the video. I sure did. That's why we need Jesus. Because Jesus took all of our guilt and all of our shame and he paid the full price for it. We don't need to punish ourselves any longer because Jesus took the full punishment on himself. So Paul could write, forgetting what is behind me, forgetting my past, forgetting my failures, forgetting what is behind me, and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So... When we blow it, and I didn't say if, I said when, when we blow it, own it, confess it, repent, and ask forgiveness even from a nearly four-year-old. Because being humble means that we will have a teachable spirit. We will be faithful to our commitments when we maintain the right attitude. When we're humble and have a teachable spirit, we'll also be faithful to our commitments when we abide, when we maintain uh, intimacy with Jesus. Now, a few years ago, I was with one of our short-term mission teams driving in the mountains of Guatemala to visit one of our partner villages there. The roads are narrow, and at one point, uh, we were pushed off the road into a ditch because of an oncoming truck. Well, what happened next was really comical. Some of the, a few of the gang, uh, members of our team climbed out of the van and jumped into action. A few of them ganged up and started pushing on the rear bumper. And uh, it just took a few minutes for them to realize uh, that uh, gravity still works and large objects don't move well uphill and uh, out of ditches. Well, another group jumped out of the van and they started pushing from the front end. Problem was, nobody was communicating. So at one point, people are pushing the front and people are pushing from the back at the same time. And there were still people sitting in the van. I'm proud to say I was part of that trip, and I was one of the leaders. <laughs> How do you like my leadership so far? Well, I think that's a great metaphor for the way people live their Christian lives. For some of us, following Jesus is like jumping out and pushing. We've been volunteering and serving and trying to do all the right things in order to be a good Christian. But somehow, God has remained a distant reality, and we've become tired, if not maybe even burned out. For other people, following Jesus has been like sitting in the van, sitting, watching, being comfortable.
but sitting in the van isn't very exciting, and we miss out on everything that's happening outside. Faith becomes a cold, bland cup of coffee. It's uh, not doing much for us, especially when we need it most. Maybe you've been in both of those places, doing all the right things, tiring yourself out, while Jesus remains some sort of distant reality. Or maybe you've just been comfortable and never really connected with Jesus. God offers us a third way. It's called abiding. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You, will, you uh, are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Abiding means being in a living relationship with Jesus, where his life flows into our life, shapes us, and that helps us meet the commitments we've made to the people around us. It's about staying connected with Jesus. We don't have to do anything. We just have to be with Jesus in prayer, by reading his word, listening to him speak to us. The Christian life is essentially and characteristically an all-out effort to intimately know Jesus more and more, to let his life flow into ours, and then to let his life shape the way we relate to the people around us. Not too long ago, I ran into a man I'd known uh, many years ago in my previous church. And as we talked, it was clear to me that he was an entirely different guy than the guy that I once knew. So I asked him what happened. He told me that uh, he'd lived most of his adult life by keeping Jesus at a close distance. But problems in work and problems in his marriage had uh, caused him to realize that, that uh, his faith really wasn't helping him. He'd always heard that Christianity was about a relationship, and he knew he didn't have that. So he decided he was either going to go for it, or he was going to walk away from the Christian faith for good. So one evening in his driveway, he parked the car, and there he asked Jesus to be his Lord and his Savior. And he asked Jesus to help him with his relationship. After that, he started praying and reading his Bible. And when he did, he started to experience a closeness with Jesus that he'd never experienced before. Jesus' life was present in him, and it started to change him. It caused him to start treating his wife differently, and it ultimately healed his marriage. He's a totally different guy. Abiding with Jesus helped him find a new faithfulness to his wife and to the people who mattered the most to him. We will be faithful to our commitments when we have the right attitude, when we're humble. We'll be faithful to our commitments second when we abide, when we're in an intimate relationship with Jesus. And third, we'll be faithful to our commitments when we're focused on the right action, service. Serving other people sets us free from the constant demand to meet our own needs. It also engages us in that creative process of discovering more and more ways that we can meet the needs of the people that we're committed to. Service liberates us to love others at the deepest level, and it also heals and restores. Several years ago, one of my best friends made some bad decisions, and as a result, he lost his family, 
He lost his business. He lost his relationship with his children. He turned to his church for help, and they helped him pray and read his Bible. And when he did, he started to feel a closeness with Jesus that he hadn't experienced before. It, it changed him. His relationship with Jesus helped him to see the character failures that had caused him to do the things that he had done. So he owned those things. He repented, and he confessed and asked forgiveness of his family. Since then, he's been a steady presence in his kids' lives, taking them to school, always being at their activities, taking special vacations with them. He's been there with them and for them. He's a different guy. Recently, God gave my friend an opportunity to make another commitment. We're all over at his house uh, last summer, and uh, we were there for his engagement party. And after uh, a period of time, he stopped the music, welcomed everybody, uh, and uh, introduced his fiance, his parents, her parents, uh, me, his pastor friend. And then, uh, and then he said this. He said, we are just so glad that you all could be here to celebrate this day with us. And uh, since you're here and Rich is here, we, we just thought we'd get married right now. <laughs> so we had a surprise. We surprised the guests and had a wedding ceremony right there in the, in the middle of his backyard. With the right attitude, my friend realized that he had gone in the wrong direction. So he made some changes in his life and started abiding with Jesus, which changed him. Through prayer, reading his Bible, and listening to what Jesus was saying, he discovered that different closeness with Jesus. And it helped him to focus on the right things by serving his children. That eventually restored his relationship with them. And God gave him a second chance at a marriage commitment. If I were to ask you to name the five wealthiest people in the world, or the five last Heisman Trophy winners, or the ten people who won the Nobel, or ten of the people who won the Nobel or Pulitzer Prize, would you be able to do that? Some of you might get pretty close, but probably not get it all. None of us really remembers all of that. But if I were to ask you to list a few teachers who had an influence in your life while you were in school, or to talk about the three friends who helped you through difficult times, or to ask you five of the people that you like to hang out with the most, well, you probably would remember that. You'd have an answer. Because the people who make a difference in our lives are the ones, not who have the most credentials, or the most money, or the most awards, but they are the ones who have been faithful to us, and who have stayed the course. Recently, I was talking in a group, I was with a group, and one of the elders in that group was talking about a question that he'd been asking his adult children, each one by one. And what he was asking them is, what was the one or two things that really helped form our relationship? What bonded us together? And you know what? The answer was always the same. It wasn't about anything that he'd bought them. It was always about the things that he had done with them. One of his sons remembered the time when they were in Montana fly fishing, and they both managed to fall down in the river, water sweeping over them, and all they could do was laugh hysterically. That son has carried that moment around with him all his life. Sometimes those are the moments that might seem insignificant to us at the time, but they matter to the ones that we've committed to. It's the time spent together, the conversation at a critical time, the encouragement we give, the prayer that we pray with him. It's the thousand little acts of faithfulness we do in service to the ones we're committed to. That's what matters. You know, we worship a promise-making, promise-keeping God. 
The cross proves that our unfaithfulness cannot undo his faithfulness. Jesus went to the cross because God promised us a Savior. He stayed on the cross because he promised he would lay his life down. He raised from the dead because he promised he would uh, give us eternal life. God's legacy, the Bible, is filled with God's faithfulness to his commitments. So what will help you with yours this morning? Maybe you've been heading in the wrong direction, or maybe you've lost your connection to Jesus and you just need to recommit to him so that his life can abide in yours. Or maybe God is speaking to you about a way that you can serve the best interests of the people that you're committed to. What's your plan? You and I are building a legacy, and our faithfulness to our commitments is the material we have to write it with. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the way that you have committed to us, for your steadfast faithfulness, and for the way that it changes us. Lord, we pray that you would help us to build a legacy that is a testimony not only to your faithfulness, but to ours as well. And we pray this in Jesus' name.